Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Today, one of our more news-heavy episodes of the last seven months, however long it's been, four months, somewhere in there, because Michigan football now has a schedule, a 2020 football schedule. Now, of course, they had one before, uh, but this one all got released in one day. The Big Ten Network made a big three-hour show about it, which um, partly for my job, but partly for for general interest. I watched every minute of actually pretty good production, but regardless, uh, lots to talk about in terms of the schedule, Michigan playing a 10 game, big 10 schedule. I guess we can probably just run through what it is, but they open the season tentatively as all these dates are tentative, but September 5th versus Purdue at Minnesota, then at versus Penn state at Rutgers, then versus Michigan state, a bye week. They travel to Indiana, then Ohio state host Wisconsin, and then Maryland by week. And then they traveled to Northwestern. And so obviously there's two bye weeks in there and the season is scheduled to end regular season scheduled to end November 21st. Um, so big 10 built a lot of kind of opportunities to do makeup games if, if needed. And so the big 10, they've even said their championship game can be played as late as December, 7, December 19th. So that would offer four weeks of flexibility, which makes sense because they're playing 10 games. And so, and, and, you know, I, I give the big 10 some credit here. I think they did an interesting, they did their research in terms of making sure teams went on bye weeks at the same time as the two opponents before them go on their bye weeks. So that was an interesting added little wrinkle that um, didn't get discussed a ton that I saw today, but you kind of creates an opportunity for easy, you know, say, uh, Michigan and Penn State can't play September 19th. They can easily move it to October 10th, for example. And so lots. So there's some flexibility there. Uh, Michigan, of course, added Northwestern to the schedule, a road trip to Evanston, uh, which is the closest. We talked about that being a potential best-case scenario uh, last week, maybe two weeks ago, in that they're the closest. They Probably better than their 1-8 and eight Big Ten West record last season, but if you look at who, what Indiana or not Indiana, what Illinois, Nebraska, and Iowa are bringing back, you might uh, you might think that maybe Northwestern is probably the ideal matchup for the Wolverines. And so, Steve, uh, we can just jump into well. First, I guess your initial thoughts to the schedule. I think they're the same as mine. This is as tough of a schedule as Michigan or as any team in the country will have this year. It's only 10 games, but gone are kind of the, the fluff tune-up games. You know, September 12th, they're traveling to Minnesota. And then they ultimately play five teams ranked in the top 25 in ESPN's football power index. So I don't know what your initial thought was. I know mine was how tough it was. But when you saw the schedule today, what went through your mind first? I mean, I think getting Northwestern is the – Best possible. So, I mean, so here's the, like, I think people understand their schedule is literally no different from a conference standpoint, except right. that added game at the end and the order and stuff got moved. Yes. Yeah. And the order. Um, yeah. I mean, two, you know, they're four, they're four, what I would say their four most difficult games are condensed into two, two week blocks, right? Yeah. And Minnesota versus Penn state back to back. And then you have Ohio at Ohio state home to Wisconsin back-to-back as well uh, that you know that, that was my biggest takeaway I, I it, of course it's you know it's a tough schedule probably tougher than 
well, really almost maybe any team in the Big Ten, right? I mean, you got to yes. think it's it's the toughest well, one. Here's here's this: Ohio State and Penn State avoid both Minnesota and Wisconsin. So the other quote, what I would call like the four other contenders for the Big Ten that you know are serious contenders, they don't play each other. You know, there's the Minnesota Wisconsin game, the Penn State Ohio State game, but that's the only time those other four teams play each other. Michigan plays all four of them. So I mean, it it's weird. You know, I don't know if big I don't know if anyone's calling Michigan the favorite to win the Big Ten, but the Big Ten will be decided based on yes. whom Michigan beats and whom they don't. Right. So so there is that. You know, I guess you say Northwest, like the the West, like after Minnesota and Wisconsin, seems like such a crap shoot where Northwestern could win, could be a team that could win six or seven games, I suppose. But the other thing is no fans, most likely, if any, and if there are any at Northwestern, unless they just give them to students. I mean, that's always a Michigan heavy crowd. If by chance there are crowds, I suppose. I don't, you know, I just, you know, I guess Northwestern probably about a best case scenario as far as the added game. So yeah, if you had said at Iowa, I mean, that's a rough, Fans or not, that's a rough place to play. Michigan fans, well aware after 2016 and just games in the past, it's just a hard place to win. And so, yeah, fascinating stuff. Uh, glad it's out there. I mean, this gives us something to, different to talk about. And um, yeah, Minnesota, Penn State, both interesting though, as teams that you could say are have lost their best players though as well. That yeah, doesn't. They that's not have. as not yeah not as an intimidate. I mean, again not going to doesn't I don't know if it changes the potential outlook of that game because you don't know are more players for either of those teams going to sit out is anybody from Michigan going to sit out you know there's that possibility still but uh yeah I mean this season comes down to you think comes down to four two 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 week blocks you know if they can get out unscathed mm-hmm. after uh if they can get if they can get it past Minnesota and Penn State gotta think they'll hard to believe that they wouldn't or that they'd be uh, there'd be any losses on their record when they travel to Columbus, right? I mean, that's you'd, you'd hope if you're, you know, be a, I think yeah. it'd be a massive disappointment if they lose any of Purdue, Rutgers, Michigan State, or Indiana. So, so yeah, that's my biggest yeah. takeaway from it for sure. I was gonna say that that early start is is notable um, for two reasons. One, it's obviously a tough stretch at Minnesota and versus Penn State. Uh, I know I know Michigan has done well against Penn State in the big house. I don't know if how much, I guess we're all going to find out how, how much these home and road game splits are, are based on the fan involvement and kind of the, the tough atmosphere, but yeah, they both lost their best players. I mean, Bateman reigning big 10 receiver of the year, probable first round draft pick. Uh, Micah Parsons reigning big 10 linebacker of the year, definite first round draft pick. And so those, I mean, Parsons was probably the favorite for Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year this year, wasn't he? Wouldn't he, he, he was. He yeah. was. And and he had pretty – he had quietly good Heisman odds even. And yeah. so, uh, first sophomore to win Big Ten Linebacker of the Year, which is crazy to me. But uh, – or a true sophomore, I should say, not redshirt sophomore. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm maybe not so much on Penn State because I know that they still have – I know a little bit more about what they still have. Minnesota suddenly – I mean, they're, they're, they already had lost a lot. They had lost, um, you know, Anton Winfield Jr. They'd lost Tyler Johnson. They'd lost uh, a couple of their linebackers and lost a good amount of the defensive side. They lost their offensive coordinator um, to, to Penn State, actually. Yeah, I forgot but, about that. Yeah, and so, so there's going to be some changes there. They lost two, their top two running backs. 
Uh, they returned the full offensive line in Tanner Morgan, so I don't, you know, we can get into the game-by-game previews closer to the season, but it does, I'm, I'm far more uh, confident that Michigan can win those games. Now, they have to show up too, and this was my takeaway, is that Michigan, Michigan needs to figure out its quarterback situation. They need a hit there. Because, you know, before it was kind of like, well, maybe they'll get through the Washington game, which doesn't impact the Big Ten standings, is a forgivable loss if they happen to lose. And then they have a couple games to kind of get ready for Wisconsin with the old schedule. Now, I would think that they could beat Purdue, although they are listed as my trap game. We might discuss that later. But it's like week two here on the road against a team that has all sorts of momentum. And so... um yeah, kind of a different feel. Call it unprecedented if you want, but uh, just right. kidding. Oh, boy. But, but, you know, week two, suddenly, I mean, by week three, think about it like this, Michigan will have played more top 25 teams than most teams in the country will have played games, period. Yeah. And so it's, it's really, I mean, you know, other, other conferences, they're starting later in September, um, I think you can go go back and forth. I think with where the Midwest and Big Ten states are, and knowing that they're, you know, there's a hypothesized November surge, not really our realm of, of um, not something we're experts on, but that is something I've read about. Probably makes sense for the Big Ten to try to get a couple games in earlier on in September, but it does put a lot of pressure on Michigan to find its quarterback, find its offensive line. And then I didn't realize they'd lost their top three tacklers from last season. I'm not, I'm not quite as, you know, if I have the red pen, I'm not circling the defense as much as I am the offense in terms of they need to figure this out. But they're going to need players to step up sooner than maybe initially expected. Yeah, I mean, the core, I mean, it really, to me, it does all come down to the quarter. I, you know, we argue that I think Michigan may have a first-team all-conference player at all three levels defensively. And two of those guys Mm -hmm. are, are, you know, McGrone played extensively last year. Hill started to play extensively. I mean, those guys, I think you talk about missing their leading tacklers. I think those are guys who can come in and and amply replace the guys that maybe put up those statistics. So I I fully agree. More of the bigger legitimate questions as far as Michigan's aspirations this year are going to depend on that off the – how they answer those offensive questions. Cause yeah, I mean, now all of a sudden we're in a spot where you could argue in six weeks, we're going to know what Michigan's national prospects are this year, provided this all goes through as, as scheduled. I mean, we're going to have an idea of, you know, what kind of impact Michigan might be able to make on the, on the national scene and obviously the conference scene, you know, so, you know, that wasn't the case before, you know, until today. So pretty fascinating stuff. I, I you know, like I said, I, I think if, all things considered, I think the all-conference schedule is kind of cool. I think it's going to be kind of a neat, be different, you know. But but yeah, I mean, we're gonna. It's like yeah, it's all of a sudden now on September twentieth. You know, if whether Michigan's three and zero, one and two, I mean, you're gonna have an, you know, it's gonna be a a lot of questions are gonna be answered in a much shorter period of time than maybe we would have anticipated heading into this morning. Hmm. Yep. And I agree with you. I think this all Big Ten thing, um, I guess my fingers are crossed is how I would describe it because, man, it would be really cool. And, and I, like, I, I like the Big Ten's precautions with the bye weeks, but I also like that they aren't, um, you know, there, there aren't any, there isn't a single weekend that there isn't what I would call a gotta watch it game. 
you know, for, for not just Michigan fans, but for fans in, around the Big Ten. And, you know, they have, they have these heavyweight matchups throughout the season. And one thing that, of course, Michigan fans uh, wanted to talk plenty about, and, and we, it had been reported, I want to say the Columbus Dispatch, uh, had, kind of had a scoop on it, although I think there had been rumblings throughout the summer as well. Michigan and Ohio State no longer playing the last week of the season. I can't imagine that this is for any other reason than to increase the odds that the game eventually gets played. Uh, but they are now playing October 24th. I wrote, I think in my takeaways, that there's going to be a bit of a, it's going to be a psychological hurdle. Um, I think in some ways it could help Michigan because it's not the entire, you know, I think, I think last year, I think some, uh, some of the players, you could see some of the plays just, I think, I think that Michigan kind of psyched themselves out a little bit mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's a lot easier to be the team that's continually beating that it's easier to have that confidence and to kind of just go in with, with a little bit of, um, authority than to be the team that's, that needs this game to save the season. And so playing at mid season might help in that regard, but there is a psychological component where they're, they're kind of chugging along. There's Wisconsin looming the next week, and they have to get up for this season-defining game, not in a necessarily season-defining week. And then I'm also curious, because Wisconsin is looming the next week, whether Michigan uh, loses or, or you know, maybe if, if they pull off the upset, how do they make sure that they're ready to go against another potential top-10 team the following week? So I don't, I'm, I'm kind of interested by it. Maybe, maybe I'm just at that point in the pandemic where I'm like, hey, Throw something different out there. Let's let's have fun with it. But Steve, your thoughts on them moving it up to October twenty fourth? Yeah, you know, I I don't know. Not really. Nothing really in depth. I mean, I I don't think it changes. Obviously, it doesn't change the perception of how important the game is. Anything like that. I think, uh, you know, does it? It's hard to know if it's going to impact. You know, you talk about the Wisconsin game next week. I mean, I, to me, it's simple. I, I guess this is just the way I feel like this stuff goes. If Michigan can pull off the upset, I think they smash Wisconsin at home the next week. I think it'd be like a massive if they can pull it off, which again, I think is is not something we're predicting um, to happen. But you know, then maybe the opposite type deal. You know, it may, may depend on where they are nationally at that point. But uh, you know, it 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 does kind of create yeah a little bit of i don't know i don't want to say more urgency but yeah i mean it is a deal where there are still three other games on the schedule now after that game so it's not a situation where you know yeah i mean you still you're still going to have to play three more teams after this and if you come out and if they you know say they look the way they have the last couple of years does it spiral out of control you know, I mean, because like, you know how much the players want to win this game. You know how sick they're, sick they're hearing about how great Ohio State is and how, you know, well they're recruiting and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know they want to, you know, finally, like, do something in this rivalry. Uh, you know, and if they come up short, I mean, it's just, you know, you got to kind of put yourself in their shoes. Do you think the fans are going to get up for Wisconsin the next week if, if Ohio State blows them out again, you know what I mean? So it's like, imagine the players. So, you know, I think it does, it does create a little bit of a psychological situation, you know? So it's, uh, but I guess at the same time, it does, it, it still, it, it changes a lot, but it doesn't change anything. I mean, it's just the season will still right. be defined more or less by how they, how they perform in that game, whether it's in October or November. Uh, the real question would just be, yeah, how does it impact 
those last three games on the schedule, whether they win or lose. You know, I, I tend to think that it is going to go one of either two ways. I mean, and I don't think there would be much middle area. I think if they pull off the upset, I think they would. I think they'd run the table after that. Now, I don't know what that means about what they did earlier in the year. I'm not saying they're undefeated at that point necessarily, but if they, but if they get blown out, if they if it's like it was the last two years, you know, I don't, I don't see them beating Wisconsin either. Yeah, yeah, I think um, as far as some things change, something but more stays the same. Ohio State, I thought, had a really cool tweet where it's like they're slowly zooming in onto their countdown clock with highlights of Michigan versus Ohio State playing on the TV above. I think it said like 115 days. So they, they took off uh, five weeks from that, and it just like changed to 80 days. I, I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's like right. this is still right. the game. It's still significant. But I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think if they if they win, I I don't think I mean, first of all, if they can beat Ohio State, then there's really no reason for them to not beat Wisconsin, right? But then I think that would just be such a weight off their shoulders. If they get blown out, yeah, you do wonder how does it spiral? You know, how do you keep the team together? If it's a close loss, you know, they play yeah, well. Right. There are nuances. There are nuances, I guess. I just I, I wonder though from last year when they lost to Penn State. And then the next week they go lost to Penn State on the road, pretty forgivable loss. Um, then they next week they host Notre Dame, and it was just a just a complete demolition. And so, um, yeah, I think I think Wisconsin is lining up to be a little bit better than that. But regardless, that is an interesting element of this. Um, so, Steve, now we can run through some of these. Well, actually, you know what? Let's pause for a quick break. And then when we come back, we got some superlative lightning round type questions that we're both going to answer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. And so, Steve, as promised, we have some superlatives. Uh, first, I think there's one obvious answer. I know when I wrote about it, I went with the not-so-obvious answer but your biggest trap game on this schedule for Michigan. Well, you I think you already gave away what yours is going to be. I I just still always go at Indiana. Mhm. I it's just it's got <laughs> I mean it's like basically lather rinse repeat in that situation cuz it is it's funny that the uh, Indiana game is right before the Ohio State game again, but Indiana's like a Fluke loss against Tennessee in the bowl game away from winning, what, nine games last year? Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, they return a lot of a lot of talent, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So, I, you know, that's a game. I mean, that's the first one. I mean, granted, Michigan gets the bye week before that. I don't really know how much, you know, what that means or whatever. But uh, that's got to be – I think there's only two games that you can put in this category. That's one of them, and I think yours is the other one, right? Yeah. Yeah, Indiana, it's it's a pretty obvious choice. I actually, part of it was like, I was like, I can't write Indiana again. Uh, so that's part of why I went with the other one. 
But I think the other point, and you mentioned, they're coming off their best record since 1993. They're returning a lot on on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're returning a lot in general. Um, but I think Michigan kind of got rid of the, oh, play, always play Indiana close thing last year. They, they spanked them. Um, sure. And so I, I think to me that felt like a sign that I, I never watched Indiana Jones, but at some point Indiana Jones like realizes when things are traps, right? And he like kind of catches on, uh, you know, when, when the boulder is about to start rolling his way. <laughs> and so at some point, if a trap is clearly a trap every year or every time, you start to be like, okay, not going to let that be a trap game. And then I think the psychological component changes. So I actually went with, although I do think Indiana, I, I ranked it as Michigan's fifth toughest game on the schedule. Sure. Um, so, but I went with Purdue. I think Purdue is a sneaky, tough season opening game where – one, you haven't seen the team yet. Now they haven't seen Michigan either, but Purdue, I know Jeff Brome loves his, his trickeration, some trick plays. Uh, you know, they do have Rondell Moore and David Bell, two thousand yard receivers uh, who did both as, as freshmen. They have um, some defensive star power led, of course, by George Karlaftis. Don't even know. Maybe I, maybe I just don't know, but I'm not quite sure what they're doing at, at quarterback. Sindelar has been a star. Starter, but but they went through three starters last season. I could see it being a sneaky tough game, especially with a trip to Minnesota and hosting Penn State looming right there. I I could see it, and and Purdue has has kind of flirted with those upsets before. Now, obviously, they pulled off the big one against Ohio State in 2018, but but even even other games, they've they've been able to kind of hang around just with those um, you know the different trick plays, you know the double passes things like that. And so, uh, and they're coming off a four and eight record if memory serves. And it was kind of a, kind of a soft four and eight because they lost four games by a possession and they had all those injuries. So I think they could be a, you know, I don't, since it's a season opening game, I can't imagine Michigan is asleep at the wheel there, but, but I could see fans, I could see that game being a little tougher than, than maybe fans anticipate, especially uh, just with those games looming so Steve with that kind of in that same vein you mentioned there are two really tough two game stretches but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you of the potential three game stretches which is the toughest is it Purdue Minnesota Penn State Indiana Ohio State Wisconsin or something else on the schedule it's got to be Indiana Ohio State Wisconsin yeah. Just because Indiana's, I think the biggest difference is Indiana's on the road, and Ohio State is the best team in the conference. Right, right. I did. Right. Pretty, this question well, was a little tough, a no, little more even when we didn't know Bateman and Parsons were sitting out. Right. It's a fair. It's still a fair question, though. I mean, you know, like you said, all top. And I, I'm fully on board with you though about your argument with Purdue. I mean, I was pretty high on Purdue last year, and you talk about how the record possibly deceiving because of all the injuries and stuff that they face. I mean, they're going to be, they're explosive offensively and uh, yeah, they have the question at quarterback, but it's kind of what they've kind of be or tried to become, I think almost like one of those like Texas tech type deals offensively where whoever they throw in, will put up, will put up numbers as long as they have a little bit of time to throw the ball. So, and they got the guys to do it too, um, you know, with bell and, and more, as you mentioned. So, but no, I think it, the, the October stretch, for sure. As of now, because I mean, like they said, this could all change, the dates could all change. But I think as with the, the release today, 
Indiana, Ohio State, Wisconsin, for sure. Real quick though, did you know, like? Did you see that they put Mays out for the Wisconsin game? I thought it was kind of an interesting. It looks like it's gone now. Oh, it is gone now. Okay, so I was like, they... that didn't make any sense. I'm just looking at your uh, the tweet that you sent out this morning. Right, uh, right. With the schedule so, with the schedule. That was before. That was so soon. They hadn't even officially put the Northwestern logo in there. Okay. I I must have just happened to check before they did every update because they also had Military Appreciation Day and and some other things in there. But yeah, parent now Michigan is not saying. Um, they're not they're not doing any sort of fan promotions at this time. And I think sure. they even sent a letter, sent a letter to season ticket holders today basically saying they don't know about capacity at this time. Um, even though there is a schedule, they they just they're just saying they don't know, which is probably smart because I I don't think anyone knows. But yes, that was initially going to be Michigan's maze out, uh, Halloween. Obviously, if there are fans in the stands, that will be a pretty pretty cool treat for those fans, but but there's also a chance that there aren't fans in the stands. Absolutely, but no, I think that's the easy, semi easy pick, and particularly with, as you said, Penn State Minnesota losing, really each of their best players probably. So now it's just a matter to see if if Fields, you know, he says he's not going to, but you got to assume that these guys are gonna these top guys who are bona fide first round picks are gonna have a lot of pressure to sit. So. Easy to say now you're not going to, but it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, I I, I really hate to speculate. It's just like speculating on transfers. It's, no, I, I don't. I, I don't either. I don't either. But you already have two of the mean. three, two of the probably four or five best players in the conference are sitting. The only reason they're sitting is because they're almost guaranteed to be first round draft picks. I mean, Bateman, less so of a guarantee, but really, I mean, I, I would expect him to be a first round pick in some capacity. So mm-hmm. you know, we talk about Fields as a top five pick the draft i mean that's a lot of money on the table you know so it's you could argue my my thing is always have they shown enough because rondell moore i think could be another candidate to to maybe sit because he's probably going to be a top 50 pick either way but i'm sure he would love to put together a season after missing eight games last year uh, you know kind of a full season and then justin fields uh wyatt davis probably put him in that in that big 10 top five i'm trying to think who who else is who else is like established almost definitely first round maybe um uh Sean Wade out of Ohio State yeah it's another one yeah so we'll we'll see i mean i think ohio state i think it's a little different well i guess i can't say this fully but i think the fact that ohio state has a little bit more realistic of a path to the college football playoff and a national title than minnesota and penn state i wonder if that changes how it's viewed kind of like when teams were when players opt to opt out of bowl games and things like that but still yeah right. you do wonder and that's and that's something i mean i don't i don't anticipate it just because there's no for sure first rounder but do any michigan players uh opt out that's for what, the year which and is, that's what we, that's what we said on the board that's what people are asking on the board this morning after the schedule is released and i think one poster I think accurately said kind of goes back to the top 100 or the top 50 list at 24 seven released where we think Michigan's got a lot of guys that are probably 50 to 100 that weren't on the list at 24 seven put out. Meaning Michigan's one of those schools that might could benefit from this because they don't really have anybody that's a, 
you know, yeah. I, I, what I would argue is a for sure lock yeah, to go in the sure first thing. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like only guys who would, would need a good seat that could have a good to great season this year that could put them in that position. Kind of like how you describe more uh, for Purdue a little bit where, you know, you talk about a guy like Jalen Mayfield. Well, yeah, there are some projecting him there, but I think that's based on another year of film where people are like, okay, this guy can play. Not, hey, Jalen Mayfield has already accomplished all of this. He's a first-round pick right now. So, right. you know, it's just, like I said, we'll see how it goes. I was going to say a lot of wait and see because you, there's also the possibility players opt out for actual health reasons, not just because, you know, they want to they want to secure their draft stock. I mean, there's um, – and part of the reason it's happening more this year is because the Big Ten – I believe every conference has, but the Big Ten has said that they – they will absolutely honor every scholarship, even if players choose not to play this season, um, which is the right thing to do. I think it's a necessity if you're going to try to put together an amateur athletic season. And so we'll see. We'll see. I, I kind of got off on a tangent there. Uh, Steve, any any other um, of these superlatives? I, I, I know you had a list before the show. Oh, I did? Uh, I don't remember having a list. Um, <laughs> So no, I, mean, you, I don't. I mean, what, what what more can you talk about? Yeah, yeah. The schedule. I mean, it is what it is at this point. I think. Um, I guess the last thing would just be: is this the layout and the the teams? Is this a good or bad thing for Michigan compared to what the schedule was before? I actually still think this is a better scenario for them because they don't open at Washington, which I. I've said a hundred times. I, I just don't think Big Ten, Pac-12, home and homes are a good thing for the Big Ten. So much harder to travel out west than it is to go east. And uh, you know, so I think by and large, I think this is a better situation for Michigan. But again, I think the other, like I said, the flip side is we'll we're going to know on September 20th if Michigan has any shot at winning the conference or not, you know, so that's right. You know, a lot sooner. I think what would they be playing like Arkansas state or ball state that week or something normally? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't know anything and so at, on September 20th, if the schedule had been what it originally was now, we're going to know right away uh, what Michigan's uh, conference prospects are and possibly national. Yeah, I think and it did, did... Did Michigan win the schedule? I don't think they could have won right. the new that's schedule true. just yeah. because unless new they get took one new opponent. I mean, that's yeah. Unless they took Minnesota or Wisconsin off the schedule, Michigan was going to have probably the. I I would be curious if they had if they have the toughest schedule among any top twenty five team. And I know there's like different metrics and things, so we'll we'll see the different rankings. But I think the ultimate indictment that the schedule is absolutely brutal is ESPN FPI, which I use. I mean, it's a pretty good overall metric of of a team success you know projections can be tough but they i think they did um they ranked michigan 19th and i think they gave them i have to double check but i think they gave them like a 36 percent chance to win six games and that's not i mean you know they they're not completely underselling wow they're not completely underselling michigan i mean number 19 is a little bit lower but it's not out of the realm of possibility, but to have less than, Oh, sorry. They updated it. I think they, that was with them playing nine games. So they're 19th in the country, but they have a 51.5% chance of winning six games according to this one metric. But that, I think that speaks to how difficult 
the schedule is that, you know, Ohio state, Penn state, Wisconsin, all project as top 25 teams who return um, quite a bit. And then you have Indiana, Northwestern, Minnesota kind of in that could, could make it into the top 25. We'll have to see Purdue and Michigan state, probably more in the middle of the pack. And then you have, you do have Rutgers in Maryland, but I think the one difference is, you know, if you're, if you're trading Washington for Northwestern, yeah, they came out on top here, but it's still, I mean, looking at this schedule, um, you can see a scenario where Michigan, you know, if they lose three out of the four of the, of the quote, big four, it's a seven win season. And so that part's going to be something different to adjust to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. One more I had, uh, this is probably an easy one. Which game does the lack of fans swing the most either for or against Michigan? I picked Wisconsin. I think, Penn State could make a similar argument. Minnesota, maybe. Um, but if there are no fans or if it's not very many fans, any of these games, do you view kind of more dubiously or, or, or you know, thinking Michigan might be more likely to win because of no fans? You're, so your answer is not at Ohio State? You don't think that an empty horseshoe gives Michigan a better shot than it would with a full horseshoe? Not a better shot than Michigan-Wisconsin. Huh gives Wisconsin I mean, Michigan a better shot. Yes, I suppose. I mean, Michigan's played – yeah, that's kind of a tough one, though, because we don't really know what the impact will be. It might make no difference. might be the same, right? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. we've never uh, – unprecedented. So, uh, you know, haven't really uh, crossed this bridge yet. But I guess – I don't know. My first immediate thought was an empty horseshoe might take a little bit more of the pressure off of Michigan – to be honest with you, because that place, I mean, these people care more about that game than their like mortgage payments and car payments and stuff. So, I mean, it's a, it's a rowdy, rowdy area uh, when Michigan comes to town. I almost feel like that's a, a good thing uh, for Michigan, but yeah, you could argue, I mean, you could, you could easily argue Penn state, Wisconsin, the other way too. It's kind of a tough one, but I guess, I mean, my initial knee jerk reaction was the game, the game. Yeah, yeah, there's an argument. I think my uh, my cho- choosing of Wisconsin was, I think, I don't know if any of these games, I don't know if the, my projected result necessarily changes. I think Ohio State, I I don't mean to be the, the wet blanket here. I think Ohio State could beat, I mean, they, they blew out Michigan in Michigan Stadium. Right. And so Wisconsin, it really does feel like the both of the last two years, have been very momentum games. You know, Michigan kind of pulled away from Wisconsin in Ann Arbor in 2018, and then kind of the reverse happened in Madison in 2019. So, you know, whereas Penn State, certainly they have a great crowd, but I, I think I think the past few years it's been a little bit more one team had quote-unquote it and the other team didn't. And whereas Wisconsin, I, I do think, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. They're going to be a different kind of team. They're going to have some offensive um, holes to fill. And so in a normal year, I would say, hey, a full Michigan, a full big house, that's a tough ask for the Badgers. And now that that's likely not going to be happening, well, suddenly it's just going to be, you know, the better team wins. But yeah, just a, just a fun little one when I was thinking of when I was doing my breakdowns. 
any any final thoughts on the schedule or the change? No. Yeah. Okay. Good. We covered all of our bases. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Check out all of our stories, including several on this new schedule already, over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, go ahead and subscribe while you're there as well so you get all of our podcasts, including a weekly recruiting podcast and a weekly basketball podcast. So lots of lots of stuff. You'll get your fix. Uh, with with the Michigan Insider and Michigan 24-7 Sports. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.